Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. You know, the trick in teaching a spiritual path is that people come from many different backgrounds, they're at many different levels, different assemblage points, different phases of their journey. They have different existential concerns, different questions, different doubts. And you can't speak in a way that will reach everyone in a group like this. And if you choose to speak at the highest level, for those who are close to transcending the ego, it will seem too abstract and uh, too uh, irrelevant to one's life. And if you speak at the most basic level, well, people will think, well, this school doesn't really have anything to offer. You know, it's too simplistic. And it won't be possible to get across the extraordinary spectrum of understanding, wisdom, that is available from the world's great spiritual traditions that can reach to the heart of every person, every being, at whatever level they are, whatever point they are in their journey. But very often the only way you can reach someone at the level they need to be reached is in a one-to-one conversation where someone can gradually let down their defenses and reveal what is their own need, what is their own question. Because whenever I open the floor up in a group like this and say, who has questions, it's silent usually for about half an hour until Radha breaks the ice and asks something that mind boggles everyone even more than they were before. So it's very difficult to offer a teaching that would be actually a benefit to the entire group. So now if I were wise like Sri Ramana Maharshi, I wouldn't even offer any teachings. I would simply answer questions that were asked. And indeed, it was very silent, quite often for hours and days on end at his ashram. And if you read the collected conversations or dialogues between Ramana and the various visitors who come, you will sometimes see that Ramana will say, oh yes, to someone, you should be praying to Shiva three times a day and doing this ritual and that. Or to someone else, he'll be saying, actually, you should be sacrificing to Vishnu or uh, you should be getting married to this person and to another person. He'll say, you should be celibate and you know, becoming a monk. And uh, to some people, he will say that your karma is very important. Everything that happens in this world is of extreme uh, ultimate importance. To someone else, he'll say, you know, this world isn't even real. Don't worry about it. Let it go. And if you try to put together some systematic understanding of reality from it all, it's totally incoherent. And yet it's the exact precise response that each person needed to make the next step on their journey. And so on a relative plane, if you want to do a discourse analysis of what the teachings of Ramana or Nisargadatta or any of the great sages of any of the traditions 
whether Buddhist, uh, Advaita, even Islamic or Christian or, or any of the monotheisms, you will find there's a wide uh, variation between the teachings that are given at an exoteric level to beginners and those that are given at a deep level to those who know and who don't need the Sunday school level of teaching in order to be good boys and girls but are ready to deal with reality at the level that we need to, to face it at as adults facing deep crises of life. And, and for that we need an entirely different kind of perspective that goes behind the signifier, the words, and touches into the heart of what is really going on with someone that they themselves cannot put into words. That's the whole real problem is that it is inchoate. There is a chaos inside of us that we cannot language. And one of the benefits that a a spiritual teaching can offer is to give deep concepts that can heal a wound that you could not express or even know that you had because it wasn't a wound that you could formulate in terms of a proposition, oh, I'm mad at my father for doing this. It wasn't that level of woundedness. Psychotherapy can deal with that level, but it can't deal with the deeper spiritual crises in which we have been wounded by our alienation from the very source of our being. And these kinds of crises require an entirely different level of discourse and a willingness to understand that we are not persons at that level. We are something else entirely, for which there are not conventional words or language to describe. But when we get past the level of the ego and the person, and we get into the soul, and then even beyond the soul, into the spirit, into the actual unformed and infinite consciousness, the territory that our conscious mind rarely even gets to, that's when we begin to find that we are in the terror of the unknown and of the infinite and where the guidance is necessary. You don't need this kind of guidance at the ordinary levels of life where the answer is, well, just get a job or, you know, find another woman or, you know, whatever. Those kinds of existential answers don't solve the problems at a deeper level. That's why uh, we require a depth analysis and a spiritual journey to really know what reality is. And all of us who are here have no doubt touched into that fact that at a a certain level, nothing we have learned makes any sense at all to us. We've outgrown all of it, whether from Sunday school or in our PhD course, none of it is relevant anymore after a while. And none of what the, the priest or the rabbi or whoever else is on whatever pulpit you've been praying at has anything to say that is relevant to the kinds of doubts and questions that you have. And that's where the journey actually begins. Okay? Before that, we're playing at it. And we think we know. And as long as we can maintain the illusion, oh, I know, uh, you know, I don't need anybody's help and I can figure it all out, then we haven't yet started the real journey into the unknown and the unknowable. And that's where the guidance is useful. Not that somebody gives you the answers, but somebody helps to touch into that place where there are no answers and, and to honor that. And then together to co-create out of that understanding a, a realization that can bridge 
two apparently different beings, each with their own agonies, each with their own sufferings, through a, a level of true understanding that is love, that is a recognition of the unity of being. And only when we have gone through that suffering and faced it and recognized that there are no conventional answers can we step out of all the boxes and all of the, the levels of prefabricated answer that any philosophy or religion can give us and discover what is the truth of our being that can only be known now in the present moment. And it's absolutely particular, not only to each individual, but to each moment in your life. It will require a different understanding and ultimately an understanding that cannot be put into language and that's when we will enter into the dimension of silence and then from that silence we realize we're no longer an individual in the sense of a separate being but that's when we realize our universality that can be expressed in a particularized way but it comes from the cosmic mind it doesn't come any longer from the individual level of mind and that's when we transcend suffering and delusion and desire and fear and we can truly know who we are and the nature of God the nature of this world that we are thrown into and what the meaning and purpose and direction of our lives must be but until that point we, we don't have either an accurate authentic landmark or guidance or even a frame of reference that's close enough to being accurate to be able to uh, to be able even to manage the nature of the experiences that are coming into us and we cannot contain them and today it is so uh, epidemic that people cannot contain their experience anymore and the the psychological vessel that is meant to contain it is overloaded and it cracks it explodes gives way before the huge amount of information. And a certain kind of structure for that vessel is required to be created, a kind of structure that we weren't given in childhood. And if we don't have that kind of structure, then everything collapses, and we're building our lives on a house of cards. But usually the ego has too much false pride to say, well, you know what, I could use an architect to help me rebuild this house of cards. And so they keep building it the same way and it keeps collapsing in the same way. But there is such a thing as a, a healthy psychic structure that will enable you to contain the infinite within the finite. And to be able to gracefully let go of the identifications from the past that have held you in an inadequate relationship to reality without feeling guilt, without feeling disloyal to parents or traditions or whatever, by putting it into an ever larger context in which all is included. It's not this or that, it's not an either or, but it's a realization in the same way that Einstein could put Newton's laws within a higher context of relativity and that within a higher context of quantum physics we are gaining larger and larger contexts in which to contain our understanding of reality. But we also need to have the psychic strength and courage and capacity for attention to hold that psychic energy and to channel it toward healing, toward love, toward the generosity of being that is required to build a healthy community structure 
So when one has the internal structure, then one can begin to build a larger communal structure and then gradually a world structure, a cosmic structure that is all being downloaded from the source of all structure, of all intelligence, of all wisdom and, and love. And that source, because that source is one in all of us, we can resonate with and recognize, ah, this is the truth. So it's not the question that everybody starts with when they come here, like, does this guy know anything, you know, or is this all a fake, or is he pretending to know something? It has nothing to do with a judgment of me versus another. It has to do with your own resonance with the truth that is internal to you, that is being touched by words that are not coming from an individual, but coming from a source that is universal and therefore opens our own hearts from within, not from somebody battering at them from without. That will never work if someone tries to convince you and convert you to some other system of belief. It's pointless. The more someone tries, the more you'll fight it. And irresistible force will meet immovable object and goodbye. And nothing was gained. And we're so used to that, that to somebody wanting to knock on the door to take something from us, to sell us something, to exploit us in some way, rather than to recognize the divine self that is in each of us that wants to come out but has already given up hope that it could ever be seen, that it could ever be known, it could ever be appreciated, that we've locked ourselves in. And we become hermits, no matter how social our lives might be. And usually the more social contacts we have, the more hermetic we actually are, sealed ultimately within a, an internal bubble that refuses to let itself be known or even to know itself. We remain strangers to ourselves at the deepest level. And we live at an outside shell level of ourselves, of our being. And we settle for that because everybody else is settling for that. And we assume that's just the way it's done. You know? And, uh, and in, maybe in the next life, I'll go for living a true, authentic existence. But now, I'm just going to raise my kids and go on making money at this job I hate. And, you know... And, Maybe on my deathbed, I'll ask God for liberation. But of course, it's too late at that point. And so here's an opportunity and an oasis in which we can get beyond all of those ego narratives and social demands out there that tell you, you this is not worth doing or this is too dangerous or this will threaten your house of cards or it will make your family hate you and uh, you know, throw you out of the house or whatever it is that the superego tells you to justify not going any deeper in the journey, which ultimately comes to a failure of nerve of realizing that you are and have been a stranger to yourself. You don't know your own potential. You don't know what's even in the deepest place of your own heart. But that behind the psychic level, behind the level of being a person of whatever kind, whether you're confessing your lack of knowing and of being or denying that lack, but behind all of that, there is a an essence of our being that cannot even be called subjective. Because the word subject, you know, has these two meanings. It's not only that, oh, this comes from a me that is separate, but it means that you are subject to someone else. And the ego is subjected to the other in the same way that if you come from England, you're a subject of the queen, you're subordinate. And every ego is subordinate to this superego voice with its own demands, with its own shoulds and oughts, and uh, you have to do this, 
or you're a failure, a loser, or nothing. And these kinds of demands rule our lives, and we falsely assume that this is our own thought, but it's not. It's a mind that has been colonized by not only the parents, but the collective unconscious. From the lies that the media tell us, if you happen to make the mistake of watching television, you know, or going to movies, you will be bombarded by false messages. And the same thing in the school system. We all know that. And yet at the same time, despite knowing it, we haven't removed that indoctrination. It still affects us. It still orders us. And we go around saying, oh, I know better, but, you know, I'm still going to do this, live this kind of life that is not true to my own spirit. And so when we have the courage to break with that, Internally, not only externally, not only geographically remove ourselves from, let's say, the biological family, but internally, psychologically distance ourselves from any identity that we were handed to discover who am I, who was I before I was born, before I had this body, before I identified with this gender, before I identified even as a human being. Is there an essence that transcends all of that? that is one with the cosmic intelligence. It's until we find that ultimate root and source of our being, we won't be satisfied. The search will have to continue. But it becomes more beautiful, more blissful, more extraordinary and fascinating and delightful the further we go on that journey and leave behind the laws of suffering that the ego mandates for our lives until we regain the ultimate freedom that is God consciousness, that is liberation. And there's no need to postpone that journey. There's no reason to delay it because that's our real purpose as human beings. That's what separates the human spirit from any other kind of animal creature uh, on this planet, that we are free of instincts and we are free of external compulsion. And there is an internal desire the deepest urge of our being to reach liberation, to reach truth, and to reach the capacity for unconditional universal love. And nothing less will bring us fulfillment. And that's when our creative supplies will be realized as infinite. We won't be hoarding a little capacity to create and won't fear that it'll run out because we are simply the vessels of an infinite flow that transcends the individual and so your artistry will become ever more beautiful and your capacity to to offer compassion and wisdom and healing and help becomes ever greater the less you need it for yourself and the less you need to prove anything either to others or yourself and the less you are freed from duality and the more you realize that we are all one and in that oneness, there is only love. There is nothing else. There are no conflicts. And so when the internal conflicts have been dissolved, then the external ones also, which are projections of the internal, will fall away. And then we will know the truth uh, at each moment of what is the accurate behavior. Not by thinking it out, not by premeditating it, but by being in the meditative state. It is at one with the actual force field that this world is. We don't realize it, but the space that we are in is curved. It has its own forces that guide us in certain directions. 
we don't determine it just as the earth doesn't determine that it's going to revolve around the sun or the moon around the earth these are determined by the contours of space and in the same way our lives are lived in a psychic space that is curved toward reaching that ultimate center and source of our being that we are orbiting around and the sooner that we give ourselves to that space and don't resist it then the power of the attraction of the soul to the supreme being will bring about a union that is imperishable and that will bring the ultimate bliss and joy into our lives and so I hope you will all give yourself permission as the moth ultimately must to dive into the flame and realize you all the time have been the flame and let the flame shine Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.